Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Wonderful. Um, I've got a secret I'm going to tell you in a minute as we continue in our cultural value series. We're in week four. And if I press this button down here and move my head slightly, you can see the title slide. We've done God first. We've done family. We've done grace. And today we get to word and spirit. And there's even its own title slide. Uh, It is word and spirit and is never either or. We're going to read two. Let me shuffle around a touch more. We're going to read two. This one, this is our description that we've put together. Um, I aimed for 50 words for each one. I think this one was bang on 50, but don't count. Listen, we love the Bible and know that the Spirit brings it to life. We love the Holy Spirit and know that the Bible teaches us about who God is and how he works. Listen up encountering the love of God in word and spirit is essential for growing to be more like Jesus. Did you want to know a secret? Lean in. You see this this value, word and spirit, it's got nothing to do with the word. And it's not about the spirit either. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We, we, (laughs) thanks, Kamala. Mind blown. (sighs) All about Jesus. And uh, this isn't a phrase, word and spirit, or a label that we would use to describe ourselves particularly. I don't think I've ever used it to describe uh, the church that we are. I'm not about to start using it. This isn't about describing us as a church. This is a cultural value series, and we're saying that in our culture, we value word and spirit. Word and spirit. We value both. We are passionate about both. Uh, And no matter what background you come from, I hope that your experience as you've come into this church is that this is a place where the Holy Spirit is valued and loved and the Bible is valued and loved. We want to see both of them loved and known and we want to see everybody growing in a knowledge of and love for both word and spirit because both pointers to Jesus. If you love the word and it doesn't point you to Jesus, I'm not really very interested. If you love the spirit and it isn't pointing you to Jesus, it's probably not the spirit that you love. Word and spirit, they both point us to Jesus. And I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about the word and how the word points us to Jesus. Then a few minutes to talk about the spirit and how the spirit points us to Jesus. And then I want to land us into our breakout rooms where you've got to engage your mind and your mouth uh, and engage in community this morning. So remember, that's where we're headed in the end. Let's start with the word, shall we? I will um, pop up a bit of the Bible. And we'll read it. That's not the Bible. This is the Bible. John chapter five. This is Jesus. 
and he's talking to the Jewish leaders and they are attacking him. And Jesus says to them this, <clears throat> John chapter five, we're going to have a bit of the Bible for the word, this bit, and then another bit from John later on for the spirit this morning. So we've got two Bible passages. This is Jesus speaking to the Jewish leaders who are attacking him. So when it says you, it doesn't mean you, important. It means the Jewish leaders. You are not the Jewish leaders. The you in the passage is the Jewish leaders, but you are not the Jewish leaders. Therefore, the you in the passage is not talking about you. Uh, the father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You, not you, the Jewish leaders, you have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you. For you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. The scriptures, the word testifies about Jesus. It is about him. The Bible is about Jesus Christ. It finds its end, its ultimate meaning in him. And I want to say two things. Uh, about the Bible this morning. The first is that it is not just mere words on a page. The Bible is not just words on a page in a book or a scroll if you're listening 2,000 years ago. The Bible is alive. The writer to the Hebrews, famous words, says the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts to divide between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The writer to the Hebrews is talking about something slightly bigger than scripture, but scripture is slap bang in the middle of it, the word of God. It's alive. Martin Luther, he puts it like this, and I love this quote. He says, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. When we come to the scriptures, there's something of it being alive and it working in our lives to such a way that we leave changed every time. We might not realize we've been changed in the moment, but when you look back, you realize it is changing who I am because it is not words on a page. It is alive and it's alive because the spirit makes it so. Word and spirit. The Bible's alive. Second thing I want to point out this morning and say very clearly about the Bible is our hope. We want to let the Bible be the Bible. Sounds very profound, doesn't it? Let me tell you what I mean. Some people, they want the Bible to be outdated and irrelevant so they can stick it on a shelf and ignore everything it says. Or worse, make it say what they want it to say. Other people, they want a specific verse for every situation. How should I design my garden? What political party should I vote for? Will we be able to play football in heaven? And they treat it like it's supposed to be some comprehensive and exhaustive manual for life. 
others, they'll treat it like a catalogue of motivational mantras that you put on your fridge and help you succeed in, in life. And friends, the Bible is none of those things. The Bible is the story and the record of God's involvement with his people and his people with him over the course of thousands of years. And as we read it, we see the character of God, the heart of God, the activity of God by the Spirit, and it all points to Jesus. It has authority in our lives because it had authority for the people who were encountering God and wrote it down. And it means something for us because it meant something for them. You'll have noticed if you've been around a while that we always seem to be asking the question, what did this mean to the original people that received it? Because as best we can understand that is going to help us understand what the scriptures are talking about. It was written to them first. And because it was significant for them, it's therefore also significant for us because it still points us to Jesus. It just wasn't written to 21st century Yorkshire. We want to let the Bible be the Bible. So the word, because we love Jesus, we read the Bible. And it tells us about him because it's about Jesus. On its pages, we encounter the love of God, which is seen most clearly in Jesus. And as we encounter the love of God, we become more like Jesus. I told you it was about Jesus. This, the word is brought alive by the spirit and it makes us more like Jesus. Let's look at the spirit, shall we, for a second. Get the bit of the Bible up. Here we go. John chapter 16, verse 12 through 14. This is now Jesus speaking to his disciples on the night he was betrayed. It's in the upper room dialogues. It's his last chunk of teaching he gives his disciples before he's arrested and crucified. And he's teaching about the Holy Spirit. And he says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. You know, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, what we're really talking about in this context is it's the presence of the Holy Spirit amongst us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our midst. It's not just that he exists somewhere. It's that he's amongst us powerfully present. And Jesus's headline to the disciples here is that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. It's what he does. And when we look at the different things that we notice in our life together as a church, where the Holy Spirit is most evident, perhaps, we realize that it's all about glorifying Jesus. In spiritual gifts, when we bring contributions, perhaps prophesy, it's about glorifying Jesus. When we see the supernatural, when we see signs and wonders and healing and miracles, it's about glorifying Jesus. 
Jesus said he will glorify me. He will receive because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. That's not just information, but it's a revelation of who Jesus is and what he does. When we see deep heart change coming in our lives and the lives of those around us, because the Holy Spirit is convincing us of the truth, it glorifies Jesus. The Holy Spirit assures us of our adoption and our access to, the, to God as we experience God's affirmation and affection in our lives. The four A's of the adoption of God. He assures us of our access to God as we experience his affirmation and affection. The Spirit receives from Jesus and he makes it known to us. There's the voice from heaven, wasn't there, at Jesus' baptism. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, this is my son whom I love, in him I'm well pleased. The Spirit receives from Jesus and makes it known to us. He makes real for us what Jesus has done for us and won for us. The most important thing I want to say this morning, perhaps, is this. The Holy Spirit is not just a middleman, like some mysterious postman. Sometimes we treat him like that, like a heavenly postman, Pat, who arrives in his van with things to give out. Friends, the, the core truth of this is that the Holy Spirit is God. This is your moment, Kamala. Mind blown. The Holy Spirit is God. God has come to us. If you're a believer here this morning, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, if you've been born again, if your sins have been forgiven through his death on the cross and you now live a life with him just as he was raised from the dead, then God himself lives in you by the Spirit. You don't have a membership card in your wallet. You have God himself inside of you because the Spirit of God lives in you. He fills us. He equips us. He empowers us by the Spirit. Because of Jesus, for the glory of Jesus, to make us more like Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We should probably change the value. <laughs> Just Ella designed a really nice pack and I, I couldn't do it to her. Word and spirit are the principal means of God's love coming into our lives. And it enables us to love Jesus, to follow Jesus, and to be more like Jesus. That's why we value both word and spirit. If you jettison one, you're losing the game. We both bringing the love of God to bear in our lives that we might become more like him. <clears throat> Just, I want to let that settle for a moment. I want us to realize that God is with us. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment? If you're a believer here today, if you've given your life to Jesus, 
If you've gone under the waters of baptism and come out again the other side, or you're at least intending to really soon, God himself lives in you. And it's all because of Jesus. It was impossible before Jesus. Yet Jesus did what he did that we might become the children of God, not just the children of God, but the household of God and the temple of God, that God would come and make his home in us by his spirit. The death of Jesus does give us eternal life with God forever when we die. Absolutely. Also totally revolutionizes the moment and transforms who we are as we're born again and God comes to make his home with us. We must let the wonder of this sink in, friends. We're going to go in a moment to our breakout rooms. I'm going to pray for us before we do. Uh, this is what we do in breakout rooms. Let me find the slide. We read the Bible passage that we've just been talking about. This week there's two, John 5, 37 to 40, and John 16, 12 to 15. Both are in much longer sections, but... Read them later, just stay in those verses for now. And then once they've been read in your breakout, we want to encourage you, leave a couple of minutes silence and allow the spirit just to put his finger onto things in your heart and your life that he would want to this morning. And then we're going to talk in our breakout rooms. First of all, we'd love for you to share very quickly and briefly about how you might have seen this cultural value, the cherishing of both word and spirit at work at Hope Church. Secondly, we want to look at how you might personally grow in this value as part of the church and in your everyday life. And most importantly, we want to bottom this out, want to put rubber on the road with what steps will you take this week as part of that growth. So that's the only one I'm going to walk through for myself. I will, which is a really helpful phrase, this week set an alarm for the same time every day and I will pause and remember that the Holy Spirit living in me means that God himself is in me. Because I don't think I'd remembered that as vividly as I'd like. And I was reminded very strongly as I prepared for this morning. Would like to hear a quote, the quote that really got me right in the gut this morning. No? Yes? Here we go. This is from a guy called Sam Storms. It's from a book, The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. And he says this, spiritual gifts are nothing less than God himself in us. Energizing our souls, imparting revelation to our minds, infusing power in our wills and working his sovereign and gracious purposes through us. Spiritual gifts are God present in, with, and through human thoughts, human deeds, human words, human love. And that's pretty powerful. 
Why do we value word and spirit? Because they both point us to Jesus. And we love Jesus. Should we pray together and then we'll go into breakout rooms? Father, we're so thankful for your incredible gifts to us. That you would give us your son who would come and show us what life really looks like. Life close to you in step with you, full of your spirit, without sin. More than that, that he would die in our place so that he might experience our death and we might experience his life. God, we are amazed at your generosity. We thank you for the word and the spirit that point us continually to this truth, that point us again and again to Jesus, that help us to fall more and more in love with him. I pray for all of us this morning again, that right now you would grip our hearts afresh. that we would be overcome with awe that you live in us. And if we've never known that for ourselves because we haven't placed our faith in Jesus, then we would be overcome by the invitation to that and that you would win our hearts to yourself And this morning that faith would come into existence in hearts. And I thank you, Lord, for your word that speaks so powerfully of how you've worked over thousands of years through humanity, about what you're like, about how your heart beats for humanity, about the end of all things, when all things are put under the feet of Jesus. Everything is redeemed. No more sickness, no more crying, no more death, no more pain. The old order of things totally done away with, the new, utterly here. All because of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you would form us to be a church that love your spirit and your word with everything we've got. Not trying to live in some weird tension that doesn't actually exist, but embracing the fullness of both, that we might have the fullness of Christ present amongst us. Lord, grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you better. Amen. Amen.